listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM. Hello there, everybody. Welcome to Tech Thursday with Patrick Sheehan. I'm here with you for the next hour or so. We're going to mix a bit of tech news in with a bit of music and things like that. So we're going to get right back on it now. Um, what I do is I open up some of the the main stories in tech news and just browse through them, see what see what new things are coming out, what updates, things like that are happening. Um, so the first story I hear see here from The Verge is this Android 11 beta, all the announcements. So at the moment, Android 10 is running. I have that. I got actually, I was very late getting the update uh, from my phone. I have a Realme X2 Pro and I only got it like a, a, maybe two months ago, the Android 10 update, and they're already bringing out the beta for Android 11. So... It was a bit late, but it was running good on Android 9 anyway, and it's running good on 10 as well, so it's pretty good. Although it seems slower um, charging for whatever reason on a normal charger, but the fast charge that came with it as well, or did I? I actually got it separate, 50 watt fast charge. Oh no, it came with it. It was my last phone, it didn't. Um, that seems to work really good, so that's pretty good. Uh, so Android 11 is on the way, bringing a bunch of new changes and features for phones and tablets. Uh, Google originally planned to release the beta version during a reveal event on June the 3rd, but the company delayed and ultimately cancelled the event in favour of a quieter announcement. The public uh, beta was released a week later following a developer preview that was launched in February. Uh, the 11th major Android update includes some big features, including a new notification interface for text messages, uh, better 5G support and improved privacy features. What's include or the I'm just looking at the message thing again. So new notification interface. I wonder if they're going to make it better. Uh, that's the a lot of the re- reasons. Say Apple users say that they they think it's better than um, Android is because their messaging is more like a WhatsApp kind of thing. You can you can do AirDrop, just send messages and things like that straight, or, or pictures, sound clips, things like that straight over, like you can with um, WhatsApp. So. Uh, that's definitely an update that needs to be done to Android, but I think it was because of the different uh, types of phones used and things like that, and they couldn't get together with all the different uh, companies that make Android phones to actually make it possible. But hopefully uh, it's improved, although it, doesn't, it just says a new notification interface. So I don't know if that's going to make it, uh, make it um, uh, bring it up to Apple quality or Apple usability for sending uh, multimedia messages. Uh, Better 5G support and improved privacy features. Uh, The update also adds better support for foldable smartphones, uh, optimizing for the growing device category, and a new power button with quick access to payment options and smart home controls. So uh, that seems pretty interesting. Um, New power button, yeah. So uh, let's see how it's going to go. Uh, better support foldable phones although the foldable phone gimmick seems to have gone down a bit now so I don't know if it's going to continue or not Uh, Amazon launches two new Kindle paper white colours you can get the new e-reader in plum and sage colours so I don't think it has changed hardware wise well just the colour of the hardware but uh, software and it's the same hardware just a different colour the new paper white comes in two new colours plum and sage uh, they're like what's that shop that has cat kitson? It's like those kind of <laughs> it's like those kind of colors, you know, the kind of like mild, 
yeah, uh, yeah. It's very like those kind of colors. Uh, Plum and sage. Uh, that means paper white is now available in four different colors. When Amazon revised the paper white, you could only get it in black. And Amazon introduced twilight blue last July. So there's four different colors now. Uh, if you offer the non-paperback, does it give any other information about it? Uh, it starts at 129.99. Uh, any specs, audible audiobooks. Oh, it includes waterproofing and support for audible audiobooks, which has been previously exclusive to the Amazon's top-end Kindle Oasis. Uh, but it would have been nice to see Amazon make more changes to the Paperwhite in addition to launching new colors. Yeah, has 32 gigs of storage, 8 gig. Um, oh, yeah, 129.99 for 8 gig and 159.99 for 32 gig of storage. So I suppose they're not very expensive. Uh, I haven't actually used tablets in a long time now. I suppose because phones are getting so much bigger. I had a Samsung Galaxy Tab 2 or something like the 10-inch one of those or 8-inch one. And I just found it kind of slow and stuff compared to even then compared to phones and things. I don't know. I never, uh, I just either use a tab or use a laptop or a phone. I never, I was never a big tablet guy, but I suppose I never really had a good one. And the one I had was a bit annoying. I still have it. <laughs> I actually tried it a few months ago. I hadn't used it in a couple of years and it was almost unusable. It just like barely started up. Um, I had to almost have it plugged in for it to work. I presume the battery's on the way out. So it was uh, definitely uh, a little worse for wear, but even from the very beginning, it wasn't great. It was only okay. Uh, Tesla becomes more valuable, or the most valuable automaker, as workers some workers contract uh, COVID-19. Uh, its factories are open again, which boosted the stock price and COVID-19, and the COVID-19 risk, they're saying. Uh, Tesla's stock price hit 1000 um dollars for the first time on Wednesday, meaning the Silicon Valley... Uh, company has now passed toyota in market capitalization and is the most valuable automaker in the world by that metric wow uh, this comes as at least six tesla employees out of their thousands have tested positive for covid19 in california since ceo elon musk reopened in the company the company's facility there last month uh, initially in violation of stay home orders well it was that's not entirely true there was there was two different the governor was saying one rule and the who's the other guy the um mayor was saying another rule and he he went with one and against the other one but they were they were giving him two different stories so um apparently all the other car companies in america were able to open it was just california that were trying to stretch it out even though they hadn't been badly hit by corona at all but they're just a bit they were being a bit careful um but, you know, yeah, so he's had a few of his, but I, apparently he's putting in a fairly strict uh, COVID-19 uh, masking and all that kind of stuff. He's putting in a, a fairly strict thing, so he's doing as much as he can. But uh, I suppose he doesn't want his company to collapse. And uh, they say that they're, uh, you know, trying to save the world from from petrol and diesel powered cars that are polluting the environment and that their battery and he actually elon was talking about that yesterday he was saying that the life of his batteries uh that their the battery packs they're making now should be longer than the life of the car that there are some cars that have been that are coming to end of life and the battery packs can actually be refurbished and used in say secondhand cars or something that, that the battery packs have faulted on because they're outlasting the car by like 200,000 miles. 
So, yeah, there's some end-of-life cars where they take out the packs, refurbish them, and put them in cars with, say, a couple of hundred thousand miles that the battery pack has given up on or some fault has happened or it's been in a crash and needs to be repaired. And they've actually used them for them and they can be recycled as well, he was saying. Although he didn't go into too much detail about that because I've heard before that they're not that easy to recycle uh, lithium-ion batteries and stuff. So, uh, hopefully... Uh, he's talking about in future that they're going to have batteries that can do like a million miles uh, the battery packs will <laughs> you could even get a couple of cars out of them you could like bring your pack with you till the next car and that they'll have you know uh, re- they'll recharge really quickly and they'll last for like up to a thousand miles without running out and things like that but that's that's in the future uh, I think we have another Tesla story coming up later but um Anyway, Tesla are doing good at the moment. They're they're recovering and people are still buying them, I guess. And uh, in some stats that they're num- the number one car company in the world. But I'm sure the other ones are still cranking out a lot of cars and things like that. Uh, Apple pulls podcast apps in China after government pressure. Pocketcasts. Oh, yeah, I've used that before. I think it's quite a good one. Although Podcast Republic is the one I normally use. Uh, but uh, Pocketcast and Castro are gone from China's app store. Uh, Apple has removed Pocket Casts and popular iOS and Android uh, podcast client uh, from the App Store in China. The Cyberspace Administration of China has determined that it can be used to access content uh, deemed illegal in the country and has demanded that Apple remove the app as a result. It's the second major podcast app to be removed from China's App Store this month. We believe podcasting is and should remain an open medium. Free of government censorship, Pocketcast says in a statement posted on Twitter. Uh, to, as such, we won't be censoring podcast content, content at their request, which is you know, a, 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 an honourable stance to take, we'll say. Uh, we understand this means it's unlikely that our iOS app will be available in China, but feel it's necessary step to take for any company that values an open distribution model that makes podcasting special. Yeah, podcasting is very important at the moment. A lot of people are just listening to podcasting as opposed to radio. And, you know, that's why we post a lot of our shows up on online as well. You know, this show is is online. Uh, you can look it up on Tech Thursday on any podcast app. So it's it's another way of we radio can use podcasting, I suppose, uh, to, to distribute their shows on another platform where it's like it's just like on tv that you can watch a show live like you can listen to a show live on the radio but then a lot of them uh you you might be able to hear it at the time and then you can listen back to it later it's like an on-demand version of radio in for it can be used that way as well as well as just a pure podcast show like um say my brother has a mixed martial arts show that he does on severe MMA and that that doesn't feature on radio it's just a pure podcast app but this show is a radio show there are lots of features so it's very flexible yeah so that's um uh there's they're they're refusing to censor their content uh and so they're pulled off the app apple has uh done what they were asked by the the chinese government and pulled it off it's sad to see that though you know that uh they don't have freedom to listen to whatever they want you know and make up their own decisions uh so our ne- actually 
Uh, we might as well take a bit of a break. And uh, we'll come back after this. We'll have some more stories. You're listening to Tech Thursday. This is Patrick Sheehan with you. West Limerick 102 FM. Welcome back to Tech Thursday. This is Patrick Sheehan with you until 3 p.m. Uh, SpaceX rockets will fly with software that you can find on your Android phone. Uh, so another Elon Musk story. He's SpaceX, of course, the um, Doug and Bob, was it? Bob and Doug, was it the two guys? Uh, they, uh, Doug Hurley and Bob. Yeah, I was right. <laughs> good, good, good memory. I, I usually have a terrible memory. But um, they, uh, they, the first privately owned um ship to to take off and to dock with the International Space Center so or uh, International Space Station and uh, it went to the the Dragon uh, capsules and Starlink satellites uh, our cousins and uh, to programs that oh yeah it's about the software but anyway during the week uh, the two boys took off or last week and l- everything went very well um they were the first, yeah, as I say, privately owned uh, company, but they were working closely with NASA. Uh, so it, luckily everything went well and they were right to, to get fairly experienced guys. They were very highly um, regarded from any of the interviews I see and everything. So I would say some of the best guys they could have picked veterans. Um but they're talking about Starlink satellites now as well. These are like these chain satellites that he wants to make around the world so everyone have internet. Um high-speed internet they'll be in low orbit those satellites uh a lot of people are giving out uh, people that do um astronomy and things like that i was going to say astrology <laughs> uh, people that do astronomy uh were giving out that they might uh cl- clog up the sky a bit but what they do is they're going to chain off of each other for sending high-speed internet because the problem with internet through satellite before was that it was a bit slow because it was in too high an orbit the satellites so he's using low orbit satellites but because of that you need more of them because if they're if it's higher in the sky it has a wider range lower in the sky is going to have a narrower range so that's why he needs much more of them uh so i think he's putting <laughs> i don't know like a, a couple of thousand of them or something i forget how many he's he's using but but they're they're called starlink because they're all going to link to each other and they're going to look like stars in the sky i suppose uh, our close cousins, uh, the the Falcon rockets and Dragon capsules, the Starlink satellites, are close cousins to programs that may be on your PC or phone, or the software is used on them. Uh, so NASA astronauts Bob and Doug use the foundation of Google's Chrome browser, uh, the most widely used browser in the, the most widely used browser in the world. Every time they tap the touch screens, it controlled the Crew Dragon capsule as it flew into the International Space Station on the last two days of May. Uh, and each SpaceX rocket and satellite used a variation of the Linux operating system that powers each of the world's billion Android phones. Linux operating system that powers each of the world's uh, billions of Android phones. Oh, I thought it was Android running it, not Linux. Maybe Android is a build of Linux. Maybe I'm learning this for the first time. Uh, but anyway, uh, in Reddit AMA, Ask Me Anything, uh, that took place as Hurley and Beg could uh, help out, help out of the space station. I don't know what that uh, mistyped. Um, this is in CNET, by the way. Uh, SpaceX programmers revealed how Elon Musk's company had worked to modernize uh, this part of the space industry, a uh, field that still relies on technology dating back decades. Uh, software is less visible uh, than some of the companies imagine grabbing hardware uh, like booster rockets uh, that return to Earth and land themselves. 
but every bit uh, as important because it controls all aspects of, of spaceflight. For example, uh, software runs the SpaceX emergency abort sequence that lofts the Crew Dragon capsule away in the event of Falcon rocket exploding. Uh, SpaceX uses Chromium, Google's open source foundation for the Chrome web browser, uh, for the touchscreen user interface on the Crew Dragon uh, side, Hofan Hanald. Uh, developer who worked on the Crew Dragon display technology used the Demo 2 launch that carried the two astronauts to the space station. Uh, SpaceX began the effort to demonstrate its design ideas to NASA, but SpaceX stuck with it. Uh, began the effort to demonstrate its design. Oh, yeah, they, they were using it, trying to sell it to NASA or show it as an idea to NASA, but then they decided to go with it themselves as well. We like the modern uh, features that comes with browsers uh, out of the box. Yeah, I suppose it's one less thing to have to be doing. They can just get the the good foundation tried and tested. You don't want to be trying out new things uh, that could go glitchy and crashing and things like that. Whereas Android um, uh, or Google Chrome, uh, the Chromium, the open uh, version of it, is is quite good for that. So... Um, Next story. We're all sleeping worse due to COVID-19 study shows. That's actually kind of true. <laughs> the last few nights for me, I've been very on and off kind of sleep. Uh, I think it's the weather as well. Uh, well, this is probably in America or something, but for us as well, the weather has been very up and down. Roast and hot and then cold, back to cold again and rain and dry and all over the place. Uh, people are sleeping more. I mean, coronavirus, well, it's the opposite for me anyway, but uh, sleep quality is worse. Well, yeah, that's true, according to a new study. Spending more time at home due to coronavirus lockdowns has given people more time to sleep. (coughs) But that sleep has been restful, according to a new study published in the journal Current Biology on Wednesday. Uh, The study from the University of Basel in Switzerland examined sleep patterns in 435 people during the strictest phase of lockdown in Austria. Germany and Switzerland from mid-March until April. Working from home let people adjust their sleep schedules to master, match their biological rhythms. Uh, often stayed up late and slept later and keeping sleep more consistent between weekdays and weekends, reducing what's known as social jet lag. Uh, the new schedules also added an average of 15 minutes of sleep on uh, per night. Uh, the study found, despite this sleep quality decline, participants reported. Yeah, that's t- well, that sounded very positive. Like you can just sleep at your natural time when your body is tired. You just sleep and you wake up naturally, and then you work. And but, but apparently, it didn't work. Maybe people need kind of a routine or need, you know, there's there's a there's good uh, uh, a kind of a strict routine for yourself. There's the benefits to that as well, and it gives you some motivation or whatever. I suppose. Usually would we would expect a decrease in social jet lag to be associated with reports of improved sleep quality. Cognitive neuroscience and study co-author uh, Christine Bloom said in a press release, however, in our sample, overall sleep quality decreased. We think that the self-perceived, self-perceived burden, which substantially decreased or substantially increased during the unprecedented COVID-19 lockdown, may have outweighed the otherwise beneficial effects of a reduced social jet lag so it was the they're thinking it was the stress of the pandemic uh worsened sleep quality yeah so yeah that's that's i'm sure that's quite possible a lot of people are very worried about it so um might take a bit of music now uh, we'll take a bit of a song we'll come back with some more tech news this is patrick sheen with tech thursday and we'll be back now for this 
And you're very welcome back to Tech Thursday. Patrick Sheehan with you until 3pm. Uh, Amazon announces a new one-year pause on police use of its facial recognition tech. So uh, the moratorium follows protests against police brutality and criticisms against Amazon ties to law enforcement. Uh, so there's a kind of an all-out in America at the moment and spreading to other countries. Uh, there's a, a... I wouldn't say an all-out war, but there's, there's definitely... Um, social media uh, run on uh, police and police brutality and, things. And, and you know police brutality does exist but I don't I don't know if it's as widespread as it's been made it's like every single police officer is beating up people and they're all racist and they're all, I don't think it's that bad and they have a very tough job and they, the, the 99% of them I'm sure do it really well and they do a job that most people couldn't do and they, they as somebody said um they were talking about 9-11, you know, when people were running out of the buildings after getting hit by a plane, the police and the firemen and those were running in, you know, and they were they were dragging out injured people and they were, uh, you know, saving lives and the buildings went down on top of them and so many died and everything. So in that way, they're they're heroes, you know, and they, they're, you know, that's the, that's the case in a lot of incidents, you know, when when bad things are happening, everyone else is trying to get away from it. And, uh, like, I was out uh, one day and two guys were beating the hell out of each other, you know. And I, and, and I was like, oh, I was in shock, you know. And I was like, get out of here just in case you get involved or, you know. or you know. And there was a, another person was calling the guards, you know. The guards just, they, they come and they, they, they go into the middle of it where, where your natural tendency is to, like, stay away from danger. They have to run at it, you know, and it's a very tough job and I, and sometimes they don't get enough credit, you know. Uh, but anyway, Amazon's facial recognition software won't be used by police for the next year. Uh, the company announced on Wednesday, so they were using it to catch uh, different criminals. I uh, presume, uh, it's, I don't know, what, in what, in, uh, like, was it used in CCTV or was it used in different things i'm not sure where they were using it but they were using their technology anyway and they're stopping them using it so uh, the tech giant announced a one-year moratorium on the use of the technology uh, for law enforcement after weeks of protest against police brutality the company will allow commercial uses of facial recognition and uses by organizations like the international center center for missing and exploited children to help find victims of human trafficking, Amazon said. So they're going to, yeah. I think we have a bit more about that later, about films and things like that. Um, if not, I can t- talk about it anyway. But a project to uh, analyze raw sewage may give early warning on virus. I was actually read something about this, or I saw a YouTube video about this a few weeks ago. That, uh, yeah, and this is an Irish story. This is in RTE Tech News. Um as the country continues to ease social restrictions and more people are moving about the country, raw sewage is set to become an important new front for the fight to prevent the resurgence of COVID-19. Yeah, apparently they can test. This has been done in America about a month ago. I was reading about it. They can test raw sewage and they can tell uh, if it's coming back in certain areas. You know, uh, like the sewage system might cover a certain region, you know, maybe f- three four or five thousand people or maybe less than that i'm not sure but um they can test it and they can tell if it's coming back in that area they can catch it in like one in 10 million parts or something they can uh with modern um modern technology 
Uh, this is particularly so in Greater Dublin area, where this, uh, the team of researchers at UCD's School of Microbiology are already analysing samples of wastewater from treatment plants in Inniscarry, Shanagarry and Ringsend twice a week. They're tracking how much genetic material from the virus they can find in, this, in Dublin sewage. Uh, if they find that the quantity of RNA from COVID-19 in the sewage sample starts to go up, it will give them a really good indication that the disease is on the rise again in Dublin. Uh, all the data and information collected will be passed on immediately to the Department of Health and the HSE. I think this should be done all over the country. I think anywhere there's a sewage treatment plant, there should be uh, some tests being done there because it's a great way of throwing out a net and testing a massive area in one go. Uh, and you can tell if it starts going up in one area, you can start testing the people then, you know. If you if you have sewage covering a massive area and there's no trace at all, there won't be a need for as much testing, you know. So it's a good way... It's a good uh, idea. I think every sewage uh, system should be doing this. Um, all the data and information collected will be passed on to the HSE. Uh, it's a new low-cost early warning system that could ultimately save lives. Uh, analysis of u- urban wastewater to help monitor and prevent the spread of disease has been used for decades to detect the polio virus in countries where the disease is still an eco- uh, is still epidemic. It also use, is used to detect levels of illegal drug use in certain communities in the United States. Yeah, but they've started using it, yeah, definitely recently for the for um, SARS-CoV-2 testing as well. So uh, now it's being used to keep track of most devastating pandemic in over 100 years in several European countries, including Ireland. Uh William Measure, a professor of microbiology at UCD who is leading the project, said that the main challenges of COVID-19 is to find out how many people in the community are infected. One way to find that is to look at sewage. When people are infected, they will still shed the virus in their stool. <laughs> Sorry to go into the doctor details, but when yeah, you go to the bathroom, um, the stool will find its way into the sewage system. And that finds its way to the sewage treatment plant. Uh, Professor Major said the amount of virus present in sewage is an indicator of the prevalence of the virus in larger communities. And Major can give a good inf- indication of how just infected the region is. Uh, it's all about Dublin here. Does it say anything about the rest of the country? Local authorities, including Dublin City and Dunleary Ratdown, are collaborating too as is Irish water, which is providing the sewage samples to the reason <laughs> it's the least they could do. <laughs> uh, the scientist also wants to find out what happens to the virus when it gets into the environment, including sewage. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's a good, uh, that's a good point, actually. Uh, how long can it last? Can it get into the water system? And what happens? Although somebody said, although I think it was in swimming pools that it won't survive in swimming pools because of chlorine and all that, but water normal and natural water in rivers and things wouldn't have chlorine so i don't know how long it would last there river streams and even at sea they want i presume the salt and things like that wouldn't be great for it although i don't know uh they want to know if it remains infectious if it remains detectable and how long does it take before traces of the virus disappear yeah so that's interesting it'll be interesting to find out the answers to those questions uh ibm exits facial recognition business Calls for police reform. Uh, so, and calls for police reform as well. Uh, so, IBM is no longer selling general purpose facial recognition software and is opposed to using uh, such technology for racial profiling or mass surveillance. 
Um, the stance against facial, yeah, it should only be, say, if we're used, if you're looking for a specific person, it should always be, isn't it? It's like there was a crime and it was a six foot two blonde haired uh, guy or something. And then it should be like the technology should be used to search for that specific person. I don't think it uh, racial profiling was never a good idea, you know, crazy. Uh, racial profiling or mass surveillance uh, the stance against facial recognition systems that could potentially be used to target minorities or violate human rights was included in a letter IBM's chief executive sent to members of Congress yeah but that's, you might be throwing out the baby with the bathwater then as well because it could be used to catch seriously dangerous criminals and you're you're taking away a tool that could be used for that as well you know and the victims would be suffering and, you know, justice wouldn't be served and things like that. So, uh, but it, I suppose regulation would be the best, I presume, the best thing to do to make sure it's not being used just for racial profiling, things like that. Uh, IBM no longer offers general purpose IBM facial recognition or analysis software, wrote Arvin, Arvin Krishna. Uh, IBM uh, firmly opposes and will not condone uses of any technology, including facial recognition technology offered by other vendors for mass surveillance, racial profiling, uh, violations of basic human rights and freedoms. Uh, the century-old technology firm called for reasonable stand national standards regarding how facial recognition systems should be used by police agencies. So this is another company coming out against the police. Uh, I suppose a lot of these companies are afraid that that they have to be seen to do that, or they'll they they can get cancelled, as they say online. <laughs> that they'll they'll uh, the mob will come after them uh, on social media. And why aren't you doing this? Why are you helping them? Um, so yeah. That's what's going on at the moment. Uh, Irish company falls victim to a €65,000 invoice redirection fraud. Guardian Waterford are investigating after a company was conned out of €65,000 while buying a machine to manufacture personal protective equipment from another firm in China in a case of so-called invoice redirection fraud. The Irish company was buying the machine uh, late last month to make the PPE for health for the HSE. After carrying out research, it confirmed that the Chinese business it was purchasing the machine from was legitimate and then agreed to transfer a deposit to it. But after this, uh, it received emails from fraudsters that purposefully that, that pretended to be from the Chinese firm that the deal had been made with. The messages contained bank account details to which the deposit was to be moved. On the 27th of May, 65000 was transferred to that account. So I presume someone maybe hacked their email and saw that they had made a deal and then <laughs> said, oh yeah, by the way, our account has changed. Uh, move the money over here instead. And the, company, the firm knew nothing about it, the Chinese firm. So they got scammed so it looks like that anyway uh, yesterday the Irish firm's bank told them that they had been the victim of a fraud however the Gardaí in Waterford and the Garda National Economic Crime Bureau got involved and uh, the misdirected payment was returned to the Irish company and oh, that's good it's a happy ending to the story uh, Gardaí say transactions like this can move very quickly and they've appealed to any organisations that fall victim to invoice redirection fraud to report it straight away uh, they say even if it's not possible to get the money back, it may prevent others from falling victim in the future. Yeah, so that's uh, at least it was it ended a happy ending anyway.
Um, we have uh, 10 minutes or so left. So we go. We might take another bit of music. Do you know what? We'll take another song straight away and we'll come back and we'll, we'll breeze through the last few stories before we go. This is Tech Thursday, Patrick Sheehan, and I'll talk to you in a few minutes. So for the last seven or eight minutes or so, I'll just quickly go through the last uh, of the stories left. This is Patrick Sheen with Tech Thursday. You're very welcome back. Uh, Twitter tests new features to limit sharing of unread articles. <laughs> I suppose it's the, the whole clickbait thing, isn't it? Where you just read the headline and you, you take it for granted. You know the whole story from that. And often there's the headlines are deceiving where you actually read down the story and sometimes even the opposite is actually true to the headline and they, they tell you five lines down to cover their own uh, to cover their own liability that they say if they, in case somebody calls them up or <laughs> that happens so much uh, Twitter says it's testing a new feature that seeks to limit the sharing of articles used uh, by users who have not read them uh, the feature which asks users whether they have read the article before they retweet it appears to be aimed at slowing the spread of unverified information. Oh, so they're just asking you. Oh, but sure, you're automatically just going to say yes then. Uh, I thought it was like that they can tell if you've clicked into it or not or if you've spent a certain amount of time reading it or something. But no, it's just asking you, I presume. I'm sure everyone's just going to say, yes, yes, I want to share. Let me let me share and that's it. Uh, sharing an article can spark conversation. So you may want to read it before you tweet it, Twi- Twitter's support team said. Twitter said it would be testing the feature on its Android application to help promote informed discussion. When you retweet an article that you haven't opened on Twitter, you may ask if you'd like to open it first, the company said. Uh, in a reply to one user, Twitter noted... We wanted to a way to test a way to improve the health of conversation as it gets started. Uh, but it says users will always have the option to go ahead with the retweet. Uh, EU backs Twitter in Trump fact check row. Brussels has waded into the dispute between US President Donald Trump and Twitter, backing the social media giant deciding to fact check two tweets by, in, by the US leader. European Commission's top official and countering information praise twitter yeah but uh, one of those was about the postal ballot interference and there is a history of postal ballot interference including democrats giving out about it so i don't know what why why they're backing them up on that because it's just not true like trump was right in that one I, I forget what the other one was but there is a history of it it's it is more uh prone to interference there's been stories of uh uh, like a postman or neighbours offering uh, to take a bunch of ballots for their neighbours and just uh, looking through them and they know who's who's a Republican or they know who's a Democrat and just throw the ones in the bin that they don't that they don't they know won't agree with them. Some their neighbours could have, you know, Biden for president stickers on their uh, on their car, and the the guy could be a Trump supporter. And yeah, I'll throw them in the post box for you there, and throw half of them in the bin. All the ones he knows that are the opposite party either way. And post people have been known to interfere with them. Lots of different things. There, there's a there's a chain. You know, it's breaking the direct chain. You know, the of uh, of it's like. Um, when, when it comes to drug testing for athletes and things like that, that there is a very strict chain of passing on samples that only one person can, the, the person who takes the sample must directly hand it over to the laboratory and things like that. And it's very strict. 
whereas with postal it's just it's very risky you know it's, uh, there's a lot of things in the middle and it's definitely oh, and you know now <laughs> like every election cycle in america there's always this researching the opposition and dirty tactics and they'll try every trick in the book you know either side and it's like there's millions and millions involved up to a billion involved uh donors and they, you know, win at all costs kind of thing. And if that includes making uh, a few hundred thousand or something, ballots go missing in certain places, they try to do it. You know, you have to keep it as as close to interference as possible uh, because, the, the, you know, they're spending millions to win and they'll, 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 they're, they're not uh, afraid to bend the rules. So, but anyway, uh, the Europeans are backing them up on that anyway. Uh, so... That's their decision on that. Uh, Tesla, oh, this is another Tesla story I was talking about. Uh, to, to accelerate production of the semi truck. So, <clears throat> you know, like maybe two years ago or so, they had a big uh, display of their new uh, Roadster, which looked like a rocket altogether. <laughs> and they also, on the same uh, display, uh, the same. Um, what would it be called? The announcement that they had samples of and all. Uh, they had the Arctic trucks, the electric Arctic trucks. So they're moving up production in that, apparently. Uh, I saw a recent video as well um, with uh, Elon Musk and, oh, what's his name? The comedian that has loads of cars. Oh, I'm blanking his name. But he he uh, he had one of those trucks with him as well. So he was obviously trying to promote it. And it's something that they're working to speed up a bit. Because all these things are like five years in the future and everything. But uh, um, it was time to bring the semi-truck, uh, commercial truck, to volume production as messages that coincides with a surge in the share price of rival uh, clean truck maker Nikola. Rival clean truck. So there, there's another one called Nikola. Uh, Tesla and Nikola. That's funny. Uh, Musk, in an email seen by Reuters on Wednesday, did not specify a timeline for ramping up production of the semi-truck. Uh, production of the battery and powertrain will take place at the Gigafactory in Nevada, Musk wrote. Most of the other work will probably take place in, in other states, he added, without uh, starting anywhere, without stating anywhere. So uh, he said the volume production by 2021, the semi would go into full volume production by 2021. Uh, he didn't say what part. Yeah. Uh, so in the next year or so, we'll we'll have some electric uh, shares in Nikola have more than doubled in price over the past week as the company CEO has used Twitter and interviews to promote plans to launch an electric pickup truck to rival Tesla's forthcoming Cybertruck. So I haven't heard too much about these. I must look into them. So I'm still a bit of research into them. They seem to be a, a new rival on the market for Tesla. Just to quickly look through the rest of the stories, a little bit of time we've left. Network issue impacted Vodafone 4G services are resolved. Vodafone says problems impacting its 4G service across the country have now been resolved. Earlier, the company confirmed it was experiencing difficulties with its mobile network in Ireland, uh, but... The fault tracker uh, website down detector recorded substantial peak in reports of problems uh, the other day, so that's sorted out. Another Vodafone story. Vodafone says UK desire to lead uh, in U- in 5G will suffer a blow if Huawei is ripped out. So uh, yeah, Huawei are making all the all the major technology. I see a lot of like um, new routers. I think Vodafone's own routers, the new ones that they use, are, are, are most of them, or a lot of them anyway, are Huawei. Uh, 
a lot of the fibre to the home units and all that stuff is is a uh, Huawei. They do make a lot of high speed technology, and they're I suppose they're cheap as well, and uh, they're pretty reliable technology. But they're sending us connections with the Chinese government and monitoring people and all that kind of stuff. But um, we'll have to wait and see where that ends up. Uh, another story is privacy automation startup. Uh, E-Y-E-T-H-Y-C-A, Etika, raises uh, 13.5 million. Uh, data privacy technology company Etika has raised almost 13.5 million to help fund its development and expansion. The New York company was founded in 2018 by Irish private expert, uh, privacy expert and engineer Killian Kieran, alongside Miguel Burger Calderon. Uh, it focuses on automating and making simple uh, making simple the data privacy process for businesses. Right now, companies are concerned with applying a band-aid for the likes of GDPR and CCPA to avoid the likes of fines, but are not thinking uh, holistically about our industry and facing uh, what they're facing, says uh, Killian Kieran. Uh, not only is it necessary to comply with the increasing uh, complex web of privacy regulations, but it's also more uh, important to consumers that the services they use respect and manage their data ethically. Uh, so this uh, this helps to to ma- make it more simple, where it'll, it's kind of an all-in-one kind of thing, and they, they help you to do that. So that's pretty good. Uh, Honda pauses production and closes offices following a ransomware attack. Well, it's pretty serious if they have to close offices and everything. Uh, customer service operations are still down. Honda's global operations have been hit with a ransomware attack and the Japanese automaker is still working to get everything back online. The customer, uh, the company said on Tuesday it had to temporarily shut down some production facilities and its customers and financial services operations were closed. Uh, there is no current evidence of loss of uh, personally identifiable information, Honda said in a statement at Verge. We have resumed the operation, uh, we've resumed production in most plants and are currently working towards the return to production of our auto and engine parts in Ohio. Oh yeah, they do a lot of building in America. Uh, TikTok is having a great 2020, uh, it says here. It says even with all the things that are going on, it's still doing well. A new study on kids uh, app using habits indicators, a major threat to YouTube's dominance as kids now split their time between Google's online video platform and other apps uh, like TikTok, Netflix, and mobile games uh, like Roblox. Yeah, so that's becoming more popular. Uh, Intel's 3D-stacked Lakefield chips are here to take on ARM uh, in laptops, tablets, and foldables, so Intel have a new batch of chips. Um, They're ready to take on ARM and Qualcomm. Their 3D-stacked Lakefield processors are finally getting an official debut. Is there any stats there for them? They're designed to power smaller ultralight devices, the first three of which have already been announced in the Galaxy Book S, uh, our model to qu- uh, uh, powered by Qualcomm uh, Snapdragon 8CX, the Lenovo ThinkPad, ThinkPad Fold. Uh, does it say much about them? Uh, uh, 56% smaller area than the previous uh, ones for up to 47% or up to 47 smaller board size uh, compared to an Intel i7 core 8500Y processor so they'll they'll have similar power but smaller size Uh, Lakefield chips uh, the core i5 L16G7 and i3 
L13G4 and since they share an architecture with Intel's latest 10th generation Ice Lake chips, both of the new uh, chipsets also benefit from common features like Intel's 11th generation uh, graphics, uh, integrated graphics, uh, support for Wi-Fi 6, uh, clocked faster, the i5 clocked faster, 1.4 gigahertz base frequency, 3 gigahertz single core turbo boost speed. Yeah, they're just new, faster, smaller chips. They always have to get smaller. <laughs> Somebody was saying that the day is going to come where they won't be able to. Uh, I think that's all the stories for today. Yeah, that seems to be it. Hope you've enjoyed Tech Thursday and a bit of music mixed in with it. Uh, this has been Patrick Sheehan. You can listen back to Tech Thursday anytime on any of your favorite podcast apps. Uh, it'll be up by this evening. Um, but all the previous episodes are up there as well. Um, so thanks for listening I've been Patrick Sheehan this is on WrestleMic 102 and I'll talk to you next week you're listening to Tech Thursday on WrestleMic 102 FM